If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is I am Mike Tyson, and you're listening to the Trickeration Podcast on iHeartRadio. Is that good? I mean, how many times I got to say it? Trickeration is getting ludicrous. Welcome to the Trickeration Podcast, the number one podcast about deception in sports. I am your host, as always, Matt. And this week, we've got another honest conversation about some seriously dishonest acts involving one of the most iconic athletes in American history. This one's a little bit of a deviation from the typical kinds of stories we normally do around here, but I think you'll find it to be quite an interesting and at times surprising listen. Definitely broke some news here. If you haven't checked out last week's episode, Pulp Fishing, about the super sketchy North Dakota walleye record, make sure to check it out. And let me know on Twitter, at Trickeration, who you think is telling the truth there. I still have no idea. All right, enough preamble. Here is the real story of the man behind the baddest man on the planet. Everything I tell you is factual. Nothing theoretical and nothing's a fucking joke. This is longtime friend of Mike Tyson, Calvin Hollins. Calvin was a big-time nightclub owner in Chicago. My club was the biggest, hottest club in Chicago. It held 2,000 people. I had every celebrity from J-Lo to Beyonce, you name it, they have graced the doors of my club. It was called E2, and Collins, with his alligator shoes and diamond rings, would work the room, pressing the flesh of every notable who stopped by. Obama used to come to my restaurant when he was Senator Obama in Chicago. So I knew him and Michelle. You know, Michael Jordan and I were good friends as well. It's a litany of individuals I know. You know, I, I'm the kind of guy, uh, I'm not a, um, I'm trying to find the right word. You know, I'm not the kind of guy that, that adores the man. I'm adore the skills. I mean, like, like, like Jordan. I mean, I adore his skills, what he can do, put a ball in the basket, something I couldn't do. But if you take Michael Jordan and put him on a golf course, he's not shit. But you take Tiger Woods, you put him on a basketball court, he ain't shit. So I don't adore no man. I adore their skills. The party came to a tragic halt one February night back in 2003. A fight broke out and security had used pepper spray to break it up. Someone smelled smoke and yelled terrorist attack, 
causing a mad rush for the exits, and a stampede ensued, killing 21 people. I was charged with 63 counts of murder. But this conversation is about a different chapter in Holland's life, his roller coaster relationship with Mike Tyson, and the cavalcade of people who preyed on Iron Mike. He's been fucked over all his life, but once again, he has fucked over people as well. How did you first meet Mike Tyson? You know, I created Mr. T. And had I not made Mr. T, I would never met Mike. You created Mr. T? Yes, I created the name, the gold chains, the whole concept, even the haircut. I gave the haircut as well. And uh, we, were, we were friends for like 10 years. I mean, like, we were closer than brothers. We were night and day. If you saw one, you saw the other. How did you come up with the idea for Mr. T? Well, he worked for me at my nightclub. He was at my doorman at the front door. He collected IDs and dollars. T is a very colorful kind of guy, as you already know. You call him You call him T? Yeah, I call him T. It was, his name was Lawrence T. Rowe. I shortened his name to Mr. T. We just called him T, and we made, then we started putting the Mr. on there. Holland's got Mr. T a job as the bodyguard for boxer Leon Spinks. That was a boxing scam. But Leon Spinks was a complete moron. I mean, I think he had an IQ of maybe a 60. <laughs> I, mean, he's, I mean, he's a good fighter, but a moron. And um, every time the media would get close to asking certain questions that should not be answered, he would step in. Let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go. We got to go. He was the buffer on any situation like that. That's why they like T. And did he ever have to fight anyone or people wouldn't mess with T? No, they wouldn't mess with T. T was the intimidator. T's next big break came when Channel 5 in Chicago hosted a world's toughest bouncer competition. And they came to my club to shoot the series. That's what we got the world's toughest bouncers right here at my club. Yeah, T. And right. So what happened was um, T trained for that like he was uh, training for the Olympics. Was he fighting these guys or what kind of competition was he doing? They had a bunch of things that had, they had, they had a box. They had a thing where they had to take this midget and throw this midget through the door. Like you're throwing him out the club. So T ended up doing this challenge. He beat all the other bouncers uh, and won. Sylvester Savone saw him on Channel 5 and called the club looking for him. And I ended up answering the phone. And uh, they wanted to talk to him about doing the Rocky Three. So we flew out to L.A. and met with them. He did his read, and they loved him, and she ended up getting the part. When Rocky III hit theaters in the summer of 82, Mr. T became an overnight sensation. We were doing promos at different gyms for Rocky III. That's when I met Tyson when he was 16 years old. We kind of changed numbers and stayed in touch. And he always considered me like a big brother. So finally, when he was going to marry Robin Gibbons, he came to Chicago to ask me if I could be his best man. And were you advising him to get married to Robin? Hell no. That was a whole setup. She was never in love with Mike. Mike was just overwhelmed with fantasy of marrying a movie star. According to Hollins, the marriage was arranged by Tyson's manager at the time, Don King. Don King's a good pimp. He's been a pimp all his life and a hustler. And uh, I, I know Don's a snake. He's been a snake all his life, but... You know, I can't dismiss him because he's good at his, his game. And when he knew what, you know, what Mike liked. He liked women. He liked cars. He liked money. So I uh, gave Mike everything Mike needed. If Mike, had, Mike had 16 cars at one time and don't know how to drive. I mean, every time you look through the magazine and saw a car, the next day that car would be sitting in Mike's driveway. In 1987... Givens informed Tyson, her boyfriend at the time, that she was pregnant with his child. 
the pregnancy was all fake and phony. And what happened was Mike is a very sexual person. And in order for her to keep from having sex with Mike 15 times a fucking day, Robin came up with the idea of, of telling Mike that she was pregnant. And if she continued to have sexual relationships like he's having, she's going to lose the baby. The scheme was that Mike went out of town and it was, a, it was the optimal time for Robin to have this so-called miscarriage. Because now she's like four months pregnant, but she's not showing anything. So when Mike was out of town, they ended up putting Robin in the hospital that Don King had some relationship with to say, you know, say she had a miscarriage and lost the baby. And Mike was devastated. He wanted to stop fighting, you know, because Mike's, Mike's a kid-orientated kind of guy. He wants a family. And so it was all fake. He gets misled in the wrong direction with the wrong people at the wrong time. That's what has happened to him over and over again. One other question. Is the Brad Pitt story true? Yes, that's true. That is true. That's true. During the divorce, Givens was secretly seeing the actor Brad Pitt behind Tyson's back. One day, Pitt found himself face-to-face with the heavyweight champ. He was driving Robin's car. Robin's car, drop-top car. And Mike approached the car for the, he whooped his ass. Hey, pretty boy, you pretty cute. You want to dance? He jumps out of the car and, and ran. Mike was going to fuck him up. That was in Mike's wild days. Mike has such a personality that he don't give a fuck. Now, here's the thing you might not know either that might interest you. Robin Gibbons was fucking Donald Trump while Mike was married to her. Originally, I called Hollins not to talk about affairs with the current president or miscarriages or stampedes, but about voodoo, or as Tyson refers to it in his book, hoodoo, something he says Calvin got him to try in hopes of reducing his prison sentencing. But Hollins didn't have much to say to me about voodoo or hoodoo. So I reached out to the closest thing to Mike Tyson I could find to tell me the story. This is a Mike Tyson impersonator sharing the fascinating voodoo passage from Tyson's autobiography, Undisputed Truth. I was the youngest heavyweight champion in the history of boxing. I was a titan, the reincarnation of Alexander the Great. My style was impetuous. My defenses were impregnable. And I was ferocious. But after the trial, I had to get his ass back in court for sentencing. But first, I tried some divine intervention. Calvin, my close friend from Chicago, told me about some hoodoo woman who could cast a spell to keep me out of jail. Calvin told me, you piss in the jar, then put $500 bills in there. Then put the jar under your bed for three days, then bring it to her, and she'll pray over it for you. I was skeptical. So the clairvoyant broad is going to take the pissy pile of hundreds out of the jar, rinse them off, and then go sopping. If somebody gave you a $100 bill, they pissed on it. Would you care? I mean, I had a reputation for throwing around money, but this was too much even for me. Then some friends tried to set me up with the voodoo priest. But they brought around this guy who had a suit on. The guy didn't even look like a drugstore voodoo guy. This asshole needed to be in the swamp. He needed to have on a tzatziki. I knew that guy had nothing. He didn't even have a ceremony planned. He just wrote some shit on a piece of paper and he wanted me to wash in some weird oil and pray and drink some special water. But I was drinking goddamn Hennessy. I wasn't going to water down my Hennessy. 
So I settled on getting a Santeria priest to do some witch doctor shit. We went to the courthouse one night with a pigeon and an egg. I dropped the egg on the ground. As the bird was released, I yelled, we're free. A few days later, I put on my gray pinstripe suit and went to court. The judge said on one count, I sentenced you to 10 years. That was a rape count. I was thinking to myself, shit, maybe I should have drank that special voodoo water. <laughs> Tyson would end up serving three years behind bars at an Indiana prison where Hollins would dutifully visit him. Every Wednesday for three years, I drove to Chicago, then Annapolis every Wednesday for three years. You, you do the math. Six hours a day every week for three years. A lot of times we just sit there, eat animal cookies and drink cokes, and we talk about old times. So you, there's a lot of information you get in that time period that you know people you know, tell you about their life and different things that transpired in their life. You get to know somebody's inner core and, and you know the inner person, who they really are. And it was just funny because when we talked, we had so much intimacy. And I can be honest with you, I like Mike prior to him going to prison, but I fell in love with Mike in prison. As Tyson's closest confidant, Calvin became the gatekeeper between Mike and the outside world. When Mike was in prison, anybody who wanted to go see Mike had to come through me first because I had his visitation sheet. And the ward and the superintendent of prison, I was paying them every month to keep Mike comfortable in prison. So I was paying the ward $1,500, I was paying the superintendent $1,500, and I was paying his counselor $2,000 a month to keep him comfortable in prison. And what does that mean to keep him comfortable? Well, I'm saying whatever, he got a lot more things that most prisoners wouldn't have got. I mean, the counselor, she was bringing in contraband, such as certain food and vitamins that he wanted. Uh, never no drugs. She never did that. And, uh, you know, he was only going to have a, a visitor once every other week. Mike was having a visitor every week and stuff like that. Mike was the most popular prisoner in all of Indiana. He had a caravan of different people who came to see him every time he had a visitor. I took Tupac to see him. I took Eddie Murphy to see him. I took Sinbad to see him. I took Shaq to see him. I mean, the, the list goes on and on and on. Tupac wrote a song in my car on the way to the airport. I was driving. He was just writing. You know, he was just writing and he was coming along saying, I just went to see my man Mike Tyson. He told me to do something special with my life. It ain't, it ain't easy. You know, and uh, he wrote that song in my car. Currently, Hollins is trying to recoup some of the money he shelled out on Tyson's behalf. He owes me. That's what he owes me, 370. That's how much he owes me right now, 370,000. Just between you and I, and, I, don't, and I, I know you're taping this right now, but there's a situation that he did in prison that he could have got in very big trouble when he was in prison. He could have got in a lot of trouble with it. And that was, he, he raped one of, the, one of the women there at, at the prison. He raped a girl at the prison and got her pregnant. And I'm the one who took the girl to get an abortion. Okay? Quick note here. In 2012, Tyson revealed that he had impregnated a prison worker while serving his sentence. But this is the first time it's been alleged that it wasn't consensual. I asked Hollins why this information had never come out before now. I paid an attorney $20,000 to keep it out of uh, National Enquirer and the Globe newspaper. And I paid her off as well. All this is out of my personal pocket. Like I said, my money. Everybody knows that's Mike M.O. He's one of those kind of guys that, you know, not like a lot of entertainers, they have a sense of entitlement. 
that you know that you know you're supposed to do this for me because of who I am. It's a, it's a lot of scrapes I've gotten out of a lot of scrapes. A year after he got out of prison, a woman in Hollins's Chicago nightclub accused Tyson of sexually assaulting her. Which he did do, but for a fact he did do it. But I, I, I conjured up these these witnesses that I paid a substantial amount of money to to lie and say they were there with him, which they weren't at the time, in order for him to uh, get out of the situation. Had I not conjured up this story that, that I put together to keep him from going back to prison for nine years. So I've, I've done a lot. I've done a lot. Well, looking back, are you glad that you intertwined with Mike Tyson or it's been more of a hassle than it was worth? No, yes and no. I love. I still love Mike. It's like the what they say about the ripple effect that the pebble makes in the water. You know, it stretches out a long way. The thing that I work on is a lot about celebrity pranks and deception. And it sounds like you've been involved in a lot of deception. Has there been ever a fun prank involved any, with any of these celebrities that that you could share? Uh, no, not not really. No pranks there. There's been a lot of situations, but never no prank pranks. You know. Because, like I said, my thing has always been protection and, and making money and not, you know, playing games. All right. Thank you to Calvin Hollins for sharing his side of the story. Calvin is looking for a ghostwriter if anyone's interested out there. And if you need a Mike Tyson impersonator for any reason, hit me up. I got a guy. If you're liking the episodes, please rate and review on iTunes and tell your friends about the show. We are almost 20 episodes deep on this thing, and it feels like we're just scratching the surface. So if you have ideas for future episodes, don't hesitate to email the tip line at trickerationnation at gmail.com. And as we do every week, we check in with the legend, Chris Mad Dog Russo. Chris, how'd we do this week? Maddie, good job. Keep up the good work, pal. Thanks, Chris. All right. Talk to you guys next week. Trickeration is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.